What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. It's late night. A lot's happening. Colorado on the move to the Big 12. We're going to talk about their time in the Pac-12. We're going to talk about what's next for that league, how this could impact CSU, all of it. But I got to say, George Klipkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, for all the heat that Larry Scott took, and he was a terrible commissioner, don't get me wrong, but uh, Georgie's not looking much better here. This whole media deal process has been a disaster. It was supposed to get announced a year ago. Every two months, they announced they're really close to a deal, and there's something exciting happening behind the scenes and this and that. Less than a week ago, he went up on the podium at the Pac-12 Media Days, sat there with a straight face, said they weren't worried about any more departures from the conference, that they were close to announcing the TV deal, but they weren't actually going to announce it because they wanted the focus to be on football, which everybody knew was BS. Even when he got pushed back on it, somebody asked to follow up and, you know, was basically like, well, that would imply that the TV deal is done, right? And his response was something like, I think you're reading too much into that. It's just been a clown show. A little part of me is somewhat surprised that it's taken this long for somebody to depart this mess, but I think everybody wanted to hang tight and see what the TV deal would be because you don't want to have what happened to CU when they left the Big 12. They announced their departure for the Pac-12. Less than a week later, Fox and ESPN announced their TV contract for the Big 12, and in the end, CU left like something like close to $70 million in revenue on the table by leaving. In that sense, despite the fact that they're just kind of taking a beating publicly, the PR of the Pac-12 has not been great, you want to sit back and see what the numbers are. I would have to think the numbers are in now and that they're not close to the $30 million that the Big 12 schools are getting. And as a result of that, another domino falls in conference realignment, and we're going to have to see if it ends up being a chain reaction, if the whole thing comes tumbling down. Or maybe the PAC decides that losing CU is not that big of a deal. And maybe there's another school in this area that they could add to fill the the market that they lost. We're going to get into all of it on this podcast, but I do got to shout out the homies over at Saturday Neon. It's a local company started by two friends and former college roommates, and they make officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. If you follow me on Twitter and my profile photo, there's one in the background. It's now hanging up at the DMVR bar. Saturday Neon Signs are made with high-quality materials. They're backed by a two-year warranty. And what's great is they make it really easy for you. They're shipped with everything you need to mount, power, and dim, so every sign is easy to install and operate. They're officially licensed for 19 select schools, including CU, CSU, Arizona, Alabama, Wisconsin, Auburn, so many others. They're great for offices, man caves, dorm rooms, basements, wherever. Maybe you have a newborn and they need a nightlight. Whatever you want it for, go to SaturdayNeon.com, use the code DNVR for 10% off your order, free shipping for orders over $200. Also, you guys know how much we love our Breck beers at DNVR, and lately I can't get enough of the Palisade Peach. It's so crisp, perfect for a hot summer day. But the thing is, Breck Brew is a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having an ice-cold Breck Brew, and it's because they've been doing it for 33 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Made with 100% renewable energy. Gotta stand that. And if you're not into a peach, that's all right. Try out some of their other favorites. The Avalanche Amber Ale. Classic. Good company. Hard seltzer. Can't go wrong there. Whatever you're into, Breck's going to have something that works for you. 
And if you can't make it to the DMVR bar for our Women's World Cup watch parties, head over to the farmhouse in Littleton. There's games, co-branded merch giveaways, awards. They're going to have three big screens around the beer garden. Truly a killer time. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Cool, cool, cool. Just briefly, let's talk about the history. As someone that has always been a local college football fan, watched a lot of the original Big 12, it never made sense to me why CU left for the Pac-12. I understand that they want to puff their chests out and be in the same sentence academically as Stanford and Cal, which is delusional. But they abandoned their roots. They left their history, all their rivalries. They left all of that to go into a conference in which they never made an impact. 12 years in the Pac-12, zero conference championships, one winning season, zero wins over USC, no bowl wins. They're on their fifth head coach since the start of the 2011 season. Any way you slice it, it's been a disastrous tenure for them. And really, they wasted a decade plus in the end. I mean, it was a, a decade plus of irrelevance. I just don't understand it. I really don't get what they were thinking. But fortunately for them, Deion Sanders came to town. He's made them a national brand again, at least while he's there. And to their credit, the institution is trying to capitalize on that momentum. I mean, if nothing else, it's probably time for a shakeup, a change of scenery. Not like anybody from that fan base is going to miss being in the Pac-12 other than maybe for the trips. Financially, it makes sense. If you're going to get significantly more TV money, you get back into Texas, which I'm sure is something that Sanders is really selling. It's essentially a reset for a program that kind of desperately needs it. And I think it is the right move for CU. I, I genuinely do think it is. And not just because I do think that it could, in the end, end up benefiting CSU in terms of where they stand when this all shakes out in the long run. With CU out of the picture, maybe this opens a path forward for the Rams in the Pac-12. They already had the Denver market satisfied. They weren't going to have both of these teams in the conference at the same time. I've argued that it, it was doubtful that CSU would get into the Big 12 anytime soon. They made it clear you know, who their preference was when they added BYU. Obviously, there's a million different things that could end up shaping out here, and we're going to talk about uh, a couple of those, but it really kind of just comes down to what happens with these remaining pack institutions. I suppose there's going to be a ton of attention on the Arizona schools in Utah, who the big 12 reportedly had interest in from a basketball standpoint, that would make what's already the best basketball conference in the country, even deeper. It'd be a lot of fun to watch, honestly, but football wise, I don't know how much that really improves the league, Utah would, would definitely be a really competitive team. They've quietly been the best program in that conference for the majority of the last decade, just in terms of competitiveness from a year-to-year -year basis. Wouldn't surprise me at all if they went right into the Big 12 and, and won the league. But that's the thing, is it's really all about football. And I wonder if Oregon is the team to keep an eye out when it's all said and done. They had been long, you know, rumored to the Big Ten, along with Washington, Stanford, Cal. Based on everything I've read, it seems like the Big Ten is content to stay put. So does Oregon maybe decide to jump to the Big 12 with CU? Feels kind of like a weird fit to me, but 
I don't know. I do think that's the big key, though, here is what happens with with Oregon, what happens with Washington. Obviously, the four corner schools, we've already mentioned them. I don't think the Pac-12 can afford to lose any more significant pieces. At the same time, the Pac-12 branding, historically, that's been one of the most significant conferences in college football. I have a hard time just seeing it go away altogether. And I just wonder if you're these Arizona schools, do you want to make it harder on yourself when it comes to basketball? Do you want to make it more challenging to getting to the football playoff? I don't know if you really do, unless the gap when it comes to the TV contracts really is that significant. When it comes to Utah, it's always seemed like at least the perception publicly is that the Utes don't want to be in the same league as BYU again. And if you can keep them together, Cal and Stanford don't want the Pac-12 to fall apart. Neither do Oregon State and Washington State. I mean, again, I think it really comes down to Oregon and Washington being the the foundation that's going to either keep this thing together or ultimately be what allows it to collapse. My gut still says that there's some type of Pac-12. And if you're a CSU fan, you're hoping that, you know, these schools look around, they decide they're better together. They figure, hey, let's add SMU, San Diego State, but let's just add CSU and take that Denver market. Unfortunately for the Rams, when the Buffs were in the league, that wasn't a card that they could play. You know, we we talk about the Denver metro market, Northern Colorado growing all the time when it comes to CSU and, and being a candidate for P5 expansion, but they already had it with CU. That's huge for the Rams, especially if Utah still sticks around because you need a travel partner. You know, you need a second school for that mountain time zone basketball two-game road trip in the Pac-12. But more than anything, you just want to hang on to that Denver market. It's not one you want to lose. You get to add an institution that allows you to fill that while also maintaining the academic profile that's really important to a lot of these schools. CSU already has the facilities. They're invested in athletics. They want to compete at a high level. You know that it's important to them. But the Rams got to help their cause here. They got to kick this damn door down because, frankly, we've been selling hypotheticals and potential and what if and Imagine this for far too long. CSU has the TV market that the Pac-12 would desire in this situation. They have the academics. They are a phenomenal research institution. It's a booming northern Colorado market that's growing. You know, it's always growing. It's one of the best college towns in the country. All of these things are true. All these things have been true. The one component the Rams haven't had is the on-field success. Now, neither has CU. They've actually been less competitive than a lot of these G5 teams that are in the conversation for conference realignment. So I understand that's frustrating if you're sitting here being a Rams fan, but it's apples and oranges. I mean, they are a bigger national brand, especially now that Deion Sanders is there. CSU just needs to remind everybody that there was a time when this state had two programs year in and year out that would finish in the top 25. This is a state that really used to matter in the landscape of college football. And it doesn't have to be a situation where there's only one relevant program on a national basis. The Rams have everything you need to be a team that can be a top 25 program. They have the facilities. They have the coaching now. They have everything that Fort Collins and Old Town and CSU have to offer. But the best way to remind everybody of this is winning. You have a pair of games against Pac-12 teams, although I guess CU's not going to be in the league for much longer, but... At least this year, you've got a pair of high-profile, nationally televised Pac-12 opponents. 
competing well in those games, maybe pulling an upset or two. I mean, winning both is, is certainly a long shot. But by competing well in those games, that could go a long way. Getting back to the postseason, win some rivalry games, just win some games that matter. Get back on SportsCenter for kicking ass and not for getting embarrassed by Boise State. These next two seasons are massively important for the Rams. They have to factor into this realignment conversation one way or another. I don't think you're going to get into the type of power league you were hoping to in 2014. You know, whatever conference they end up in, it's not going to feel like getting into the original Pac-12 with USC and UCLA still intact would have felt or getting into the Big 12 with OU and Texas. But I do think there are a lot of scenarios in which CSU could end up in a conference, whether that's the Mountain West with some new additions or a new Pac-12 or a hybrid conference that, that forms that's basically the best of the rest. I do think that there is a strong possibility that the Rams could end up in a better position than they're currently in now. And that's key. Just don't get left behind. This is a program that has invested far too much. This is a program that has way too much of a, a proud history to just fall into irrelevance or be in a glorified, you know, big sky or something like that. So we're going to talk about what that might look like. We're going to go through what some of these leagues could end up shaping out to be uh, real quick. When you get hurt, Bax and Shanker is here to help. Bax and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Bax and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Bax and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Bax and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. Also, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now for years to come. You can shop the entire collection at their brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall. Full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. All right. All right. So there's a million different ways that this could all play out if you want to, well, maybe if this one school leaves or if these two schools leave or only these three school leaves, you know, we could do this until we are blue in the face. But I think from CSU standpoint, the best option is if the remaining nine members of the Pac-12 stick together, they add SMU, San Diego State, and CSU. 
in that scenario, the Pac-12 gets back into Southern Cali, which is huge. They definitely need that. San Diego State is going to be in that league in some form or another. You get the Dallas market with SMU. And, you know, although they're not the, the most natural fit in terms of geography, politics either, but I don't really want to get into any of that. What you do get in SMU is a program that does have a proud history or at least a, a winning history at, at one point. And more than anything, it's that market and the fact that they're invested in winning. They're willing to spend the money that it takes to be competitive. And you're basically banking that with more resources at their disposal, they're going to take a leap forward, which is really the case with any of these schools, San Diego State, CSU. You're banking that with the right resources, they're going to be able to do what Utah has done. Now, that's a pretty high bar, pretty wishful thinking, probably in in most circumstances, but that's how you sell yourself if you're a program like SMU, if you're a program like CSU. You show everything you've already done, and then you try to sell the best hypothetical version of yourself. It's kind of like being a, a WWE promoter. The crowd's going to be skeptical initially. It's on you to go in there and sell them on the vision. Now, another option here, and this one is certainly less desirable, but let's say the Pac-12 basically crumbles. You know, the four corner schools go to the Big 12, you know, the same with Oregon, Washington. Maybe they go to the Big 10, but you lose the majority of the substantial programs. If that happens, if you're the Mountain West, best case, you're able to absorb all of those remaining teams, Oregon State, Washington State, Cal and Stanford. I realistically, I could see Oregon State and Washington State. I have a very hard time with the way that Cal and Stanford view themselves in in the world of academia, and, and rightfully so. I have a hard time seeing them being willing to be associated with some of the Mountain West schools. Maybe they decide that they have no choice because that's the most viable path forward if they still want to be even somewhat of a factor in college football, but I could also see them choosing to go the independent route and just accepting that they're probably not going to be, you know, a major player in college football, but they'll win a bunch of national championships and Olympic sports. And they basically just go with, it is what it is. You know, we can't compete in this current landscape and we've accepted that. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I am wrong. If the PAC 12 does crumble and those remaining schools end up joining the mountain West, that would be great. I just have a hard time seeing them being willing to be associated. Wazoo, Oregon State, sure, you're a natural fit. Boise State, Fresno State, that'd be a fun league. It would improve the league. But I also wonder at some point if it becomes too many mouths to feed with the TV contracts. Like, I do think they could do a better TV deal than the Mountain West currently has, but it's not going to come anything close to what the Power Five conferences are getting. If you're these top schools, if you're CSU, Washington State, Oregon State, Boise State, Fresno State, San Diego State. Do you look around and decide maybe we need to form something new altogether and basically have what happens when the original WAC teams left to form the Mountain West? With the grant of rights, you can't just kick teams out. Like they couldn't just tell San Jose State, these are random examples, but San Jose State, New Mexico, Hawaii to beat it. Doesn't work like that. But you could form a new league basically a WAC 2.0, the best of the West, and go with Cal, Stanford, Wazoo, Oregon State, Boise State, San Diego State, CSU, Wyoming, Air Force, UNLV, Fresno, and SMU. Wouldn't be a power conference, but I do think it would be closer to the Mountain West before they lost TCU and Utah and some of those schools. 
from a competitive standpoint, it would be really intriguing. If you wanted to, you could remove one of those schools and I guess keep Hawaii for football and maybe you pursue pursue Gonzaga as a basketball only member, although I still think they're in play for the Big 12 at some point. I just think there's a lot of different scenarios with how this could play out where it benefits CSU in the end. Significantly, I don't know. But you just want to get left behind altogether. I, I think there is an opportunity for them to end up in the Pac-12 and a lot of that would be great. Even if it's watered down, you'd rather be associated with Stanford, with Washington State, than with New Mexico and Nevada. And there would be some downsides too, like, you know, you potentially don't play Wyoming every year anymore. I would hope that the two schools would still make an effort to schedule each other in non-con, but that stuff can definitely get, you know, complicated, especially if one side gets petty with the other or starts holding grudges. Wyoming could basically say, screw you, you left us, why would we continue to play you? Or CSU could look down on them and, you know, pull a CU and say it's not worth it for them. But again, I would hope that both institutions would take a look in the mirror, see what that rivalry means, and make sure that it still happens. It's going to be a really interesting couple of months, couple of years, however long this gets dragged out. But this was a major domino falling with CU leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12. And I think it opens up a whole bunch of possibilities that weren't on the table had they stayed put. We're obviously going to focus on this a ton on the podcast. I'm going to get Kevin Lytle on the show tomorrow. I'm going to pick his brain on it. He and I are, are very similar with how we view this kind of playing out. So we'll certainly repeat some of this, but it's going to be good to get a different perspective on here. Shout out to all you for continuing to support the content. Camp is right around the corner. I cannot wait. Before I forget, though, keep an eye out. We're going to start doing a lot more live shows. I think I'm going to do two a week, including a live post-game show from the stadium. At least that is the plan here for this upcoming football season. Hoping to get Jay back in studio at some point in the next couple weeks as well. So we'll be pushing that out once we have more info. Again, much love to all you. Thank you for supporting the show. Hoping to make this the biggest year of DNVR Rams that we've ever had. Be back tomorrow, y'all. Much love. Peace. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.